Hello, and welcome to our podcast here at Discovery Point Church. Thank you for joining us today. We pray this message inspires you and is the beginning of a life-changing relationship with Jesus. I want to give just a little bit of a disclaimer. Um, this happens a lot. This scripture, Romans 8, 12 through 17, is a lot like that worship, right? It was just, it's ridiculous. Like, it is so full and so rich, and there is so much in it. And I'm not smart enough to understand it all, so I'm not smart enough to explain it all to you, right? And there's things that tonight, I, we just don't have time to go in depth on it and, and talk about it enough. I got to go to payway with my wife after this, right? Like, I got, <laughs> I got some stuff I got to do. We don't got time to dive into all of it. But, but I say that to say that don't let this evening be the only time you spend in Romans chapter 8, verses 12 through 17. Read it, pray over it, talk to somebody about it. Like, it's so, so good, and you need, you need it in your life. You need it in your life. And so I just wanted to say that because um, we can't get to everything tonight. Um, but that's where we're going to be, and I'm going to start reading for us in verse 12. This is Romans chapter 8, verse 12. Paul, speaking to the church in Rome, says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it's not to the flesh to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you will live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. It's by him that we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are his heirs. If we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. We're co-heirs with Christ. If indeed... We share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. That is where we're going to be tonight, and I can't wait. I can't wait. The title of this message is titled, Where Would We Be? Where Would We Be? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, it feels so good to know that you are our friend. God, thank you for being for us, for being on our side. So much of the world tries to tell us different circumstances, try to tell us different, God, but no, you are for us. And if you are for us, who could ever be against us? God, we thank you for this evening. We thank you for this time, Lord. I pray for every person in this room right now, God, that you would just captivate us, that you would grab our attention and you wouldn't let it go. God, that you wouldn't let a person leave this place tonight without being changed, not by anything I have said or done or anything the band has said and done, Father, because your spirit moved. God, I pray that that you would give us all just a a breath of fresh air to rest and relax and to laugh and enjoy being in each other's company and spending time in your word. God, I pray for myself as I know I cannot do this without you, God. I'm not going to try to, but I will abide. I will look to you and, and I know that you will provide everything, God, that I need. I know that this is your message, it is not mine. And so I ask God that that you do your work and you do your will through me, that every word that would come from my mouth would be of you. Father, you know what we need to hear. You know what would draw us to yourself. And God, I pray, as I've prayed so many times over the last few days, that you would use this message to help us 
fall more in love with Jesus. That is my prayer. That is my aim tonight, God. And I ask you to make it happen. And we ask all this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. So I'm kind of an adult, right? Like I, <laughs> no, I'm kind of an adult now. Like, and I know that's weird for some of y'all to hear because you've known me since I was like little, right? But I'm an adult. And I don't know exactly like at what age I became an adult or like at what phase of life that happens, but I'm pretty sure I'm here now. And, and I'm not sure when I got here. I remember when I was 18 years old, um, I told my mom, mom, I'm 18. I'm a man now. I can do whatever I want. And you can imagine how that went for me. <laughs> so Jacob, don't say that to Miss Joanna. <laughs> but but I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. And there are some things, there are some tendencies, I'm, I'm going to call them, call them grown tendencies, that are becoming like a regular thing for me. And before some of y'all who are older than me roll your eyes at me, I'm not that old yet, and I realize that. I'm just saying there are some things that's going on with me that are letting me know I'm not the same cat I used to be, right? Like I'm waking up earlier on accident, and <laughs> I, I got to have my coffee black, and every time I play basketball, I got to ice my ankles, right? There's just some things letting me know. I'm not, I'm not the same guy I used to be. And isn't that interesting? Like, I, and, and many of you who are adults in the room, I don't know if you had this moment, but I'm having this realization where I'm like, man, I am kind of growing up. Like, I'm kind of an adult. And it's weird to think about because I, I remember when I was a kid, and I don't know if y'all remember this. Some of you haven't been kids for a long time. Um, <laughs> but when I was a kid, I couldn't wait to be an adult, Right? Because, like, they, they could drive, and they had jobs, and they had money. They could buy whatever they wanted, right? Like, I just, like, I can't wait to be an adult. Adults always seem to have, like, the answer to everything or knew how to fix stuff or, or they knew what medicine to give you when things were messed up or, or things didn't go well. You thought, as a kid, adults always knew the right answer and the right way to fix it, right? And now that I'm an adult, the fact that there might be a kid looking at me, like, I know what to do in certain situations, it's, like, that's terrifying, Right, that's terrifying. But when I was a kid, I thought, you know, adults have it all figured out. And now as an adult, I realize, oh, I don't have it figured out, but neither does anybody else, right? That's like the first stage of being an adult. You're like, oh, everybody, we're just out here trying our best, hoping for the best, hoping it all goes well. And, and that's kind of what being an adult is, I guess. That's where I'm at. But, but it is interesting, isn't it, to, to look back and, and remember when we were kids and what we thought about adults then. And, and I've been thinking about this lately and, and thinking about the difference between being a kid and being an adult. And there are, I mean, there are a ton, right? But the biggest thing that, that sticks out to me is obligations, right? Because when you were a kid, you had one obligation, to be a kid. Eat snow cones, eat hot dogs, stay up late playing Mario Kart, stay the night at your friend's house, right? Like, when you were a kid, your one job was to be a kid. But as you get older, it's like these obligations and these responsibilities just start coming to you. And you got stuff you got to do now, right? And as a kid, you, you start to go to school, and now you have homework you're obligated to turn in on time, right? Or then your parents, they, they came up with these cool things called chores. Y'all remember those? And now you're obligated to take out the trash, do the dishes, do the laundry, like whatever your chores were. You, you, you start to grow into responsibility and obligations. And then from there, what, you, you, you get a job. And then you're obligated to go to work and you're obligated to work hard and care about a career and a life. And then some of us messed around and got married. 
right? And now you step into the role of a husband, and that comes with all sorts of responsibilities and obligations. You step into the role of a wife, and now you've got obligations as a wife. And I'm not here yet, and I don't know nothing about it, so I'm not going to pretend that I do. Some of y'all got kids, and I would imagine that when you're a parent, there's a whole new list of obligations. You got a whole nother human that you got to take care of. So there's, there's just obligations. Just as you go through life, we just start to have them. And, and some of them are really fun, right? Some of them are really fun. Like an obligation for us as humans is to take care of our health and to take care of our body, right? So we have an obligation to drink water, which I love drinking water. It's my favorite drink in the world. And this is fun for me. Um, me and my wife, we, <laughs> we have an app on our phone, and it's called Water Llama. And it's like sweeping through the youth group right now, this thing called Water Llama. And, and what it is, it's this app, and you have this little llama on your phone, and you put in your height and your weight and your activity level, and it tells you what water goal to reach, like how much water you got to drink that day. So it's like really, really fun. When you drink water, you get to log it, and as you go throughout the day, it builds a picture of a llama. And man, there's some good things in life, but when you get to the end of the day and you got a full llama, and it says Happy Wednesday, <laughs> it's really, it's, it's, it's a sweet thing. It's the little things, man, and that, that's it. But I love drinking water. It's an obligation that we have as humans, right? We've got to stay hydrated. It's an obligation that me, myself, I love. But some obligations are not very fun, right? Like for me, one of the obligations that I really do not enjoy is yard work. And I, it, it's been said on this stage quite a few times, I don't like getting dirty. I'm not a sweater. Like, so if I'm outside and I'm dirty and I'm sweating and I'm not on a golf course, I'm probably very uncomfortable, right? And that's me and yard work. And I just don't, I don't understand it. We were leaving our house to come here and I looked at my yard and every plant is on the same water system, but they all need different amounts of water. And like half of them are dead and half of them are like flourishing. And I just don't understand it. Like it doesn't make any sense. And I got these two like giant bush tree things. And when I trim them, I get pretty much as close to chopping them all the way down as I can. Because I know the more I chop off, the more they got to grow back, the less yard work I got to do, right? So like, I've, I've got that part figured out. I don't know what to do with these plants. But that is an obligation. And maybe that is your thing. Maybe you got a green thumb and you love yard work. That's an obligation I do not enjoy. But we have obligations, right? We have things in our life that we're responsible for, things that, that we have to do, like literally things that if we don't do them, our life's not going to go very well. And, and as we get older, we realize that obligations start to really shape our lives. And if we're careful, if we're not careful, our life becomes about fulfilling our obligations rather than fulfilling our purpose. And the more we focus on these obligations, the more we realize that they have a huge impact on our lives. And so for some of us who, who realize the weight of our obligations and how, how stressful they can be, when we hear Paul telling Christians, saying, brothers and sisters, you have an obligation, most of us think, great, Paul, thank you. I needed something else to be responsible for, right? Like, I needed something else to put on my plate. I need another plant in my yard that needs different amounts of water than all the other ones, Paul. Like, that's, that's what I need, right? But you see, this obligation that Paul is talking about is, is not like any other obligation. The, Paul, or the, the obligation that Paul is talking about, you see, it's not a weight to be added. The obligation that Paul is talking about is actually a weight to be lifted. Amen. And let me tell you what I mean by that. Paul says, brothers and sisters, you have an obligation, but it's not to your flesh. Amen. 
You have an obligation, but it's not to your sinful nature. We've been in the book of Romans for, for a while now, and, and we have learned some incredible things. That, that we have been united with Christ. That we are united in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. That we have been made into a new creation. That we have been given a new life. And, and Paul is, is giving us some of the most invaluable insight on how to live that life well. He says, you are not obligated to your old life. You, that old life, your sinful nature, your flesh, you don't owe it anything. You're not obligated to fulfill its desires. You're not obligated to, to, to do things that please the flesh. No, you have no obligation. It has no rights to you any longer. And thank God for that, right? Because Paul said the way of the flesh leads to death. He says you're no longer, you're no longer tied to those things. You don't, you don't have to do those things any longer. That is no longer your obligation. Let me show you how the message translation puts it. It says this. So don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent. There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. Isn't that exactly what the old life is? A do-it-yourself kind of life? A life filled with striving and straining and letdown. A life where you stumble and fall and and you got to do it yourself. You got to Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You got to muster up your own strength. You got to muster up your own peace. You got to lean on your own understanding. Paul is trying to get us to understand that's not who we are anymore. That's not the path of life we have to walk anymore. No, we we don't owe the old life anything. We don't owe the flesh anything. We don't owe our sinful desires anything. But we've been made into a new creation. Right? right? We've been given a new life, right? right? Amen. So we owe somebody something. <laughs> we owe somebody something. This new life, it costs somebody something. Because you see, there was, there was blood that was spilt, my friends. Right. And there were thorns that were worn. Right. There was whips that were taken to the back and there was a cross that was carried. Our new life was bought with a price. We owe somebody something. Paul says you were no longer obligated to death. He says you're obligated to life. He says you are obligated to your heavenly father. You're obligated to, to the Holy Spirit. You were obligated to let go of these things that you're trying to control and the things that you were holding on to. Those are not yours any longer. Paul says you're not obligated to death. You're obligated to life. So how do we how do we fulfill this obligation? To quote my man C.S. Lewis, we must submit to death, death of our ambitions death of our favorite wishes every day. We must submit with every fiber in our being and we will find eternal life. You see, our obligation is to submit. Our obligation is to surrender everything we're trying to control, these things that wear us down, the sin we're trying to get rid of, the depression we're trying to get out of, all of these things that weigh us down. Our obligation is to give it to God. He will take care of it from there. I promise. Amen. I promise. Our obligation is, is, is to let go. Amen. And this is what happens. When we fulfill our obligation, God will fulfill his. Right. 
and the Holy Spirit will come and the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us and strengthen us. The Holy Spirit will, will sanctify us and it'll be by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will put to death the misdeeds of the body. It will be by the power of the Holy Spirit that we ourselves will become holy. It will be by the power of the Holy Spirit that we will become more like Jesus. Our obligation is to submit, to surrender. And the Holy Spirit comes and he starts to do all these really cool things. All these really cool things. And, and, and the Bible says that for those who are led by the Spirit, who surrender and, and walk the path that the Holy Spirit lays out, who lean on the Holy Spirit, who listen and follow the direction of the Holy Spirit, those are the children of God. That's how you know you are a child of God. When you're living the exchanged life, it's confirmation. When, when you're submitting and you're following and, and, and you get to look back and see all these cool things the Holy Spirit is doing. He's bringing about joy and patience and peace and kindness and goodness. And it's awesome. You get to look back on your life and see your progress and be like, man, I really used to have a problem with that. But I don't even really think about that that much anymore. Or, or these things that used to make you really mad happen and you don't get as frustrated as you used to. Or you might mess around and shock yourself because you're being so nice and kind to everybody and you're kind of like, am I a nice person? <laughs> like, when, when did this happen? That was really cool of me to do. And, and, and you like shock yourself and you're like, when did I, this is cool, this is, this is awesome. Yeah, it is. Yeah. That's literally God teaching you and growing you. Amen. Your heavenly father cares about your character. Amen. He cares about who you are as a person. God wants you to be an awesome person. Amen. Do you realize that? Like, he wants you to be amazing. As Christians, we kind of get that twisted. Like, we got to be humble and, like, kind of weird. And we're like, well, yeah, I know God. It's, it's cool. And I'm just, you know, I rely on him and all this stuff. No, the Bible says that God is making you like Jesus. Jesus was the best, most amazing, fun, cool person ever. God wants you to be like him. And there is humility in that, right? You don't need to be walking around like you're all that in a bag of chips. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's okay to realize you are awesome because God is making you awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's cool. That's really cool. Being like Jesus could not do anything better than that. Can't do anything better than that. But the Holy Spirit comes, man, and, and he, he confirms that, that we're, we're a child of God. And, and he begins to change our mind, and, and he begins to shape our character. But he does something else. He begins to change our heart. He begins to change our heart, and it's by the Spirit that we cry, Abba, Father. Amen. It's by the Spirit that we have the hearts of children, not just the mind and the character of children, but the hearts of children. And we cry, Abba, Father, which means intimacy, which means real love, real connection. Do you guys realize that we know God? I mean, we know God, the creator of everything. Amen. We know him. Amen. That's mind-blowing. The one who created and laid the foundations of the earth, who told the mountains, you're going to be this high in the ocean. This is where you will stop. We know him. I talk to him every day. Amen. Spoke to him before I got up here, right before I got up here. <laughs> like, we know God. Amen. And more importantly, he knows us, and we know that he knows us. And we know that he has wonderful plans for us. We know that he's for us. 
that he cares about the things that we care about. And he sees us in our pain and he sees us in our suffering and he's there. We know that our heavenly father, he, he cares about who we are as people because he wants us to grow and he wants us to flourish and he wants us to be a representation of him to the world around us. He wants us to be like Jesus. That's a good dad, if you ask me. He, our Heavenly Father cares about his children the way a father should. And, and that's what we are, you know? We're children of God. We are the sons and the daughters of the Most High. We are the children of God, and that is not hyperbole, and that is not Christian jargon. That is the truth. That's what the Bible says, that we are children of God, and if we're children of God, then we're heirs. Heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, that we will get to share in the glory of Jesus. We get to share in the glory of Jesus. We get to share in the glory of God in the flesh who saved the world. Nobody, nobody deserves more glory than Jesus. And we get to share in that. We get to share in his glory and we get to share in his suffering. And notice that I said get to share in his suffering. Because it is an honor to suffer for Christ. It is an honor to suffer for the sake of the gospel. And when you suffer, when you suffer, this is, this is amazing. When you suffer, you know that you don't suffer in vain because Christ didn't suffer in vain. So our suffering is going towards something. So if you're suffering, if you're going through it, don't stop. Keep going. You're sharing in the suffering of Christ. We get to share in his glory. We get to share in his suffering. We get, we get a share of the inheritance. We get an inheritance, an inheritance that is so amazing, so incredible. I don't know how to explain it to you, but it's incredible. And we get it because we're heirs, heirs of salvation heirs of sanctification, heirs of holiness, heirs of the promise, heirs of the kingdom. We're heirs of God. What a small sentence. Heirs of God. But its meaning is incalculable. Oh, we're heirs of God and we have an inheritance and it's, it's amazing and it's incredible. And, and like I said, I don't know how to describe it all the way to you. But my aim tonight is not to do that. My aim tonight is to, to tell you the best part about the inheritance. Because it is good, it is wonderful, we literally cannot imagine it, can't wrap our minds around it, but the best part about the inheritance is not the inheritance. The best part of the inheritance is that we get to share it with Jesus. The best part of our inheritance is that we get to share it with Jesus. Because the inheritance, it's only possible. The exchanged life, it's only possible. Life in abundance is only possible. The wonderful things we've talked about in Romans is only possible because 2,000 years ago, a man was born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And that man would walk this earth, and he was nothing short of perfection. He had no sin, he had no error, he had no wrong in his life. He was literally the embodiment of perfection. 
And he came and he walked this earth and he claimed to be God. He claimed to be the son of God, the Messiah, the savior of the world. He came and he showed the world how to truly be human. Showed us how to love. Showed us how to forgive, how to belong. He came and showed the world what it means to be human, to live life to the fullest. And the world hated him for it. And they rejected him. And they gave him a death sentence. Everywhere he went, miracles happened. The blind could see and the lame could walk. The lepers and and the sick, they were healed. Everywhere he went, love flourished. Everywhere he went, there was grace. Everywhere he went, there was acceptance. People's lives were getting put back together. Everywhere this man went, it was better because he was there and they gave him a death sentence. And they gave him a cross. And he hung on it. And as he's hanging on it, he has every right to reject them. Every right to hate them and condemn them. But the man they called Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And he hung on that cross and he was crucified. And they took his body down and, and, and they wrapped him in, and, and they laid him down in a tomb. And they rolled the stone in front of the entrance because they thought it was finished. And it was. And it was. And three days later, that stone rolled away and there was no body inside of it. Three days later, the man who claimed to be God, the man who claimed to be the Messiah, the man who claimed to be the Savior of the world proved that he was telling the truth. And he came back from the dead, conquering sin, conquering evil, conquering death. And he offered us eternal life. He offered us life to the fullest life in abundance. Oh, don't you see that that blood, it was spilt for a reason. And those thorns, they were worn for a reason. The whips to the back were for a reason. The cross was for a reason. He who knew no sin became sin so you and I could become the righteousness of God. Jesus bore it all so we could be a part of the family. Oh, it's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. We have life because of Jesus. We're not slaves to sin because of Jesus. We're not obligated to our flesh because of Jesus. We have hope. We have a future. We have strength. We have grace and forgiveness and belonging. We have meaning because of Jesus. That's the only reason. Because of Jesus. Because of Jesus. Let me show you what it says in John. Chapter 1. Verse 10. It says, He came into the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him, and all who accepted him, he gave the right to become the children of God. They are reborn not of physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. The word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. 
And we have seen His glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about Him when he shouted to the crowds, This is the one. This is the one I was talking about when I said someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, who existed long before me. And from his abundance, we have received one gracious blessing after another. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus. No one has ever seen God but the unique one, who is himself God. He's near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. It's all because of Jesus. It's all because of Jesus. Where would we be without him? Where where would we be without him? It's a thought that comes to my mind often. Where would I be without Jesus? What what pain, what suffering, what struggle would I be in without Jesus? How lost would I be without Jesus? Jesus has given me everything. He's given me everything. Everything I have is because of Jesus. And I'm not up here talking about a religion, or a doctrine. I'm not talking about a tradition or an idea. I'm talking about a person. The person of Jesus Christ who walked this earth and paid my debt and paid my sins so I could be a part of the family. I'm talking about a person that I know person that I talk to every single day, a person that I know is with me in my struggles, a person I know is with me in my triumphs, who when I need somebody to lean on, he sticks closer to me than a brother. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know him? Not do you know about him, but do you know him? Have you let him get to know you? Are there things you're holding on to? Are there things that you feel obligated to hide from him? Or do you know him? Do you allow him to know you, to know your heart, to know your mind, the things you're worried about, the things you're scared about, the things that hurt? Have you given those over to Jesus? Or are you still carrying them? I know they're heavy. I know you're tired. Jesus said, come to me, all who are tired, weary, you carry heavy burdens, come to me. I want to carry those for you. I have rest for you. I have life for you. I have joy for you. I have peace for you. I have grace for you. Do you know him? Man, look at the world. The world needs people who know Jesus. The world needs people who know Jesus, our friends and our family. We need people who know Jesus. Church, we are the future. And it will be what we create. God will strengthen us. He He will give us power. He will give us wisdom. He will give us guidance. 
But the future is ours. The future is ours. Will will we build a future based on tradition? Based on what we think it should be? Or will we build a future on the foundation of Jesus Christ? And on his message and on his love and on his grace? The future is ours. And that's where we're going. Wherever Jesus leads us. So I urge you, I urge you, if you don't know him, he's just dying. He's dying for you to know him. He's got so much life for you. And if you know him, man, I would just urge you to go back to that often. Reflect on that often. Jesus, where would I be without you? And the gratitude that comes from that. The love that you realize the grace that you realize when you look back on your life and you see God's hand, it's indescribable. It's indescribable. Man, if you don't know him, do not leave this room tonight without knowing him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I love you so much, and I just thank you so much for this evening. I thank you for this time that we got to share together. I thank you for Jesus. I thank you for his love. I thank you for his grace. I thank you for, God, what he suffered, what he endured, so that we could become part of the family. God, I just, it's indescribable. We could never do anything to deserve it. With that blood, it was spilt for a reason. Those thorns, they were worn for a reason. Because you desired for us to be a part of your family. God, if there is anybody in this room who is not a part of your family, God, I ask that you would move in their hearts and in their minds. If that is you, and you want to be a part of the family, if you want to know Jesus, please come talk to me. We talk to Pastor Greg, and we want to talk to you about what that means. And we want to talk to you about the life and the grace and the love and the joy and the suffering and the inheritance and the glory that is awaiting you. God, for those of us in this room who, who know you but we're still holding back, God, give us the grace and give us the strength to let go of those things we're holding on to. God, allow us to be fully known by you. You already fully know us. It's just, it's our, it's our side of it. You know everything about us. You know us better than we know ourselves. God, allow us to, to let go of those things. And God, I just pray that you would remind us often to ask that question where we would be without Jesus. Because it does bring so much gratitude and so much joy and so much love and so much awe of who you are and of how great your love and your grace is. God, I love you. And as we leave this place, let's go be more like Jesus. And I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us on our podcast today. We pray you allow this message to transform you to take what you learned and share the love of Jesus to those around you. You can stay informed and connected by following Discovery Point Church on all social media platforms. Thank you and God bless you.